Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Coming up the mountain, we're in the mountain series. We need to understand what that's about. Uh, all these mountaintop experiences, Sermon on the Mount, Mount Carmel, Elijah taking on the prophets of Baal, Mount Trans- Transfiguration, Jesus glorified, and, uh, and, and Elijah turns up, meaning the fulfillment of the prophets, and then uh, Moses turns up beside him. Uh, you know the story in the Bible, New Testament, and that's, just, and that's typifying that Jesus, the fulfillment of the law. And uh, that's a powerful mountain. And then Mount Zion is a very powerful uh, uh, mountain. That represents the new covenant. New Jerusalem is coming there. God's going to set up rule and reign thousand years. That's where he's coming to enact that on that mountain. So that's our New Testament mount, Mount Olives. Mount Olives is where Jesus went to pray and uh, before he was crucified. And Mount Sinai was where the law was received by Moses. He went up to the mountain. And Mount Sinai represents the Old Testament, represents the law. Amen? And um, so I'm going to talk about know your mountain. Don't go back to Mount Sinai and try and work for your salvation. Christ is our salvation. It's because of his fulfillment, uh, faithfulness, not your faithfulness. In the Old Testament, it was all about how good you could be, how faithful you could be to get to get. Or you were cursed. Deuteronomy 28. But now it's all about Jesus. He's done it all. There's nothing more you can do. And, uh, and then the other mount was Mount Ararat. That's where Noah's Ark landed on. Um, and, the, and that's just a mountain of the history of the Bible. So we're talking about mountains. I want to give an aerial view. I want to just clarify again the message I was trying to give last week. I want to give that message this morning. Is that good news? Because last week was an inspirational message, but this will be a teaching message. So get your notepads ready, get your Bibles ready, because I'm going to be moving quite quickly. This will, if, if I pull this off, this will be one of the most powerful messages I ever preach. So I'm going to give you, in a nutshell, what the game plan is on planet Earth of being a new covenant believer, as opposed to the old covenant I'm going to give you an understanding what the church is about. So, Garth, I'm hoping you listen up when you plant your church in Nairobi and Jamie, and we're looking forward to seeing you sit down there and set that church up. Man, if you understand this, like, if you understand it, you're going to have a powerful church because it's all about this. It's all about understanding. It's all about these dynamics of what the church is. And, and the church is powerfully authorized, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's why we had a powerful worship time this morning. You should be empowered there. Your head should be lifted up after that worship. You should be able to raise a smile from the dead. You should be able to give. You should be able to love your neighbor now after that powerful worship time. So the church is about empowering people. I want to prove that. And I want to prove how a lot of people are ignorant of why and how the church can help our lost world. So let's back it up. Come up here. So this, this is the day that the church is talking about vision. We would typically talk about 
a vision Sunday, and we would tell you the vision of the church and what we're doing, and, and, and we've had some awesome days like that. So I think there's numerous churches all around, Hillsong and others and others, are doing Vision Sunday. And that is talking about what the church is doing. And then in that, you get excited, you put your hand up and go, wow, I want to be included in that. I'm in. I want to serve. I want to give. I want to be a really part of the church. I don't want to be a pew sitter. I want to step up and I want to, I want to really become the body of this Christ church. Amen? But this is the spiritual version, which I've never done. This is the spiritual version of our vision. Is this good? This is prophetic revelation of why and how and what we're supposed to do. So let me get there. So, by the way, by coming up the mountain, and one of the key ways to come up the mountain, out of the doldrums of life, out of just the normalcy of life, when you come up, now how do you come up? How do you come up? Fasting? Because, hang on, hang on. We're not talking about going to a mountain anymore because in John chapter 4, Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, she's saying, which mountain are we going to worship on, Jesus? He said, forget the mountains. You're just going to worship in spirit and truth. You're going to do that while you're doing your garden, driving your car. You're going to do that while, especially in church, you're going to be able to worship in spirit. That's why you've got to get your spirit man loosed from on the inside, got to become like a black man and get that shout and get that clap and get that swagger and dance happening and get loosed in Jesus. Aussies, they're just hardest people to preach to, hardest people to preach to in the world, Aussies. Aussies. Americans, some Americans come here and they preach and they're awesome preachers and they never come back because they said, they just hated me. They didn't do anything. They just looked at me. They just looked at me. They just, just said nothing. They didn't go... Amen. They didn't go, whoa. They didn't go, nothing. They just looked at me. Uh, so it's a tough gig preaching in Australia. If you can preach in Australia, you can preach anywhere. Amen. That's why we can tend to go wrong by trying to be funny all the time or jump through hoops or I might try and dress louder or, or, or try and do something to raise you, to, to respond. I might get my hair cut more radically cut. Am I get a mohawk? <laughs> no, come on, I'm wasting time. <laughs> so coming up here, okay, I didn't tell you how to, I've got to be practical. Julie says, be practical. All right, I'm going to be practical. How do you come up? How do you come up? Show and tell. You come up by praying, fasting, and giving. Three-quarter strands cannot be broken. You get your praying, fasting, and giving happening, your life is set for good for God for the rest of your days. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. Yeah, really give it. Come on, come on. I need some energy this morning. When you come up here, you can see the magnificence of the church. You can see the splendor of His name. You can see your life included in Christ, which is very important. Once you worship and include yourself in Christ, you assume His righteousness. Amen? You assume He's righteous and you go, whoa, it's, man, even though I haven't read my Bible, even though I haven't given, even though I haven't been to church lately, man, I feel like I'm a child of God. This is awesome. So it's very important. Pastor Phil Pringle is on a mission for us to understand the in Christ message. The in Christ message. Say in Christ. 
Now, I want to explain a dilemma that's been present on the planet, and I'll use the Bible, and I'll just flick through it, then I'll get to an aerial view of Apostle Paul that not, he didn't go to a mountain, he went to the third heaven. So Julie mentioned the second heaven in prayer. She said, and we pray in the second heaven. We pray that the angels would do war and bless our ministers and bless our authorities and bless all the peoples because that's where all the warfare is in the second heaven, amen? In the third heaven is paradise. That's heaven. That's where Jesus is. That's where Paul is. But before Paul reached there, he went there and he received dreams and visions. Let me prove it to you. And he downloaded the blueprints of what church could be. Meaning the fruit of that was the Ephesians church, which was a a little tiny church in the region of Ephesus, 320,000 people, and there was demons that were worshipping idols, there was uh, a spirit of darkness over the place, no one saved, but Paul dropped in this, this magnificent blueprint from heaven of what the church could do, what it could be, meaning it could be the body of Christ, incarnating Christ in power, and that displaced the darkness in that given region. I believe this church is a bit like the Ephesian church, that we have displaced darkness. When I first went into Wyoming High School in 96, I'd been working in Mount Penang, man. I was tough. I went in there. I've heard stories about this Wyoming High School. I'll show them how. What, yeah, I'll show those kids what. I went in there. I went out there. Went, oh, my God. I'm demoralized. I was wounded. had arrows in my back. I, I, I crawled out of there. Went, oh, my God. Wyoming High School. That's what they're talking about. It was, but every year, because our church started in 96, Every year it changed. Every year churches in this area are praying, believing, God-fearing churches that are displacing darkness. So don't assume that you're just here on your Pat Malone and you're just acquainting yourself with this religion called Christianity. No, God wants to use you bravely, magnificently. Are you doing all right with this? Let's back it up. Let's just paraphrase this. I'm not going to stay too much on this. Let's just, just, because it'll give you context. Say context. Okay, Micah 4.2 says, many nations will come and say, this is the last days, actually, this is what's going to happen. Many nations will come, even, even Australia is going to say, we need to get back to God. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. That's the church, that's God's kingdom, right there, to the temple of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. What's his ways? That's his nature. You know, paths of right, when you start your life in God, you begin to realize there is a path. And the Bible even calls it a narrow path. Some people would say, it's too narrow, it's too confining, I don't want to know about any narrow paths, I want to be on the Broadway. But on the broad road, it leads to destruction. Thank you, church. The path is not traveled by the multitudes. Many would scorn and consider it and consider it too narrow. Matthew 7, 13, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. This is the dilemma on the planet right now. They think we're on a narrow road. You narrow-minded Christians, there's more to, there's more to life than God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. There's, there's cosmic powers out there, they would say, whatever. Matthew 7, 14, but small is the gate and narrow the road, the path that leads to life, and only a few find it. The walk, to walk this path to eternal life requires that we are prepared, in fact, to go against the stream of humanity. Some people would rather a buffer zone. 
Some people would be freaked out about me right now, preaching about the intimacy of God. Hang on, hang on, I don't want to get that acquainted with God. I just want to know about Him. I just want to know about His acts, maybe. But He wants, to, he wants you to know about His ways, who He really is, why he, responds, he do, why he responds the way He does. Amen? The Israelites, the Bible says, only knew about the, His acts. But we want to know about who He really is, His character. He's holy, he's faithful, he's just, amen? So Moses met with God, and God is wanting us to meet with him. There is a place, Exodus 20, 21, the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. That's our opportunity still now, to come to God. Okay, so the second thing I said, God will teach us his ways. Psalm 103 verse 7 says, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of God. What's his deeds? His acts. So Moses ended up knowing why God was doing this crazy stuff, why God was moving the way he was, and he knew his ways. The, the people, the, the general rank and file, didn't know God's ways. Amen? They just knew every time he acted, oh, that, that's, is that how he does it? That's not enough. So Let's get to Moses, and I need to clarify what I was trying to say last week. Let's talk about Moses. Okay, Exodus chapter 3. I'm dropping a lot of stuff in here, but I need to do that. Understand this. Moses knew he had a calling, knew he had a purpose, a high calling, a purpose in God. He tried to answer that in Exodus chapter 2, when he saw one of his own people, the Hebrew, being beat up, and he intervened. Somehow Moses knew he was born with a destiny to intervene, be a leader, be a rescuer, amen? And he saw a Hebrew, one of his own people, being assaulted. He intervened, looked around, saw if there was anyone there, and he killed, he killed the Egyptian. You remember? Buried the, the Egyptian, left, and then he was busted. It wasn't his time. It was premature to answer his high calling. God, he had to leave 40 years wandering in the Midian desert, amen? Then he comes up to this mountain, Mount Horeb. He goes up, he sees a burning bush. The Bible says in King James Version, well, let's quote that because I want to stay, I want my people to, on podcast to know what I'm doing here. Chapter 3. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses that through the bush was on fire. It did not burn up. So Moses thought, I, NIV says, I will go over in verse 3. I will go over. Can I just say, the New King James Version says, he turned aside. Sometimes you've got to turn aside to hear God, to hear what he's saying. Amen? Sometimes you've got to come up to hear what God's saying. Sometimes, like you got to, like, like Abraham, he had to leave Lot behind. Moses had to turn aside to the burning bush. Now, in doing that, this is powerful, this is powerful. This is what Garth and Jamie has happened to them. They've turned aside, they've come up firstly. Coming up, they've been fasting, they've been praying, seeking God. They're, they're great people that love to seek God. They've come up. They've, they've got their burning bush experience. They've received a message, a vision from God to start a church in Nairobi. Amen? Who can say amen to that? Now, once you've received a vision like that, 
that gives you the green light to do what you're called to do, amen? Don't try and answer your calling and do anything, especially really dramatic stuff, without a green light by receiving a vision from God, amen? Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, you guys haven't got that, sorry, but it says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Have you seen any misery on the central coast? You seen any misery in third world nations? Have you seen any misery in the Middle East? Have you seen any misery? Can I just say, have you seen any misery? This is the message that straight up God gives to Moses and, and we need to get on side of us. That church is about receiving a message that we receive a word from God, a vision from God that God says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people on the central coast. I have heard them crying and because of their slave drivers. Now, slave drivers could be many things. on this planet and don't know him and don't know the source of their life and don't know that he gave them and don't know why, what he wants to do through them and don't know that he wants to give them righteousness through Jesus to be able to stand up and against all odds, no matter whatever the internet's saying about you, no matter what your, your, your boss says, no matter who says or your parent, whatever, you can stand in that righteousness and say, God, you're smiling on me. I receive that right now. Is that a good plan? Is that a good plan? And by the way, and you're bound for heaven. I love it. Amen. All right. All right. So that's what it's about. You cannot, maybe God cannot, will not show you your future until you are ready to come up higher. Revelations 4, 1 to 2 says, come up here higher. And at once he was in the spirit, Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me fast, pray, seek God, call to me, worship, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Come up out of that place of self-focus, come up out of unbelief, out of the valley of disobedience, out of passivity, come up to your mountaintop, receive the vision that he's got for you, your family, your business. Come up higher in your Bible study. Come up higher in your prayer life. Come up higher with your relationship with God. Come up higher in your stewardship. Thank you, thank you, Ra, awesome message. Come up higher with your understanding of why you're married to your wife. (laughs) Ladies, you need to thank me for that. Come up higher with your vision of why you're married. You might say, to that wife. Come up higher in your integrity. Come up higher. Your life is not a mistake. Don't die without knowing your calling and your purpose in God. When you go to before God on that day and, and answer to your life and give, and give a, a, a testimony of your life and, and say, Jesus, man, that was a rough ride. Wow, there were some good times. But man, you took me through some testings. There were some challenges there. Man, I, man, but you gifted me and I gave that gift back to you and I served that church C3 Tugger and it was an, they were an awesome, awesome vision. They were on an awesome mission to do your work, to do you well done. I know you just had a, had a great gift there. You only had one, two, five talents, whatever you had, but you used them. You didn't bury them in the backyard in a Milo tin. You used those gifts, Tim McGraw like that, you use that gift because he's a guy that understands. With the gift that he had, he served C3 Oxford Falls and Phil Pringle. Used to pick him up from the airport, used to be his armor bearer, uh, bodyguard, uh, secretary, uh, everything. Um, you gave the Lord your gift to him, and he's well pleased of you. Bless you, mighty man. 
And you are in a great place to meet with the Lord. Jason Upton says, come up here. He sings this song. He's a radical prophetic ministry guy. I was dreaming of the holy city. I was wearing my wings. Then I looked up and saw a doorway to heaven. And heard you calling me. Come up here. Come up now, my beloved, my beloved. Come up here. Come up now, my beloved, my beloved one. I want to fly like an, e- like an eagle in the sky. I want to fly through the doorway in the sky. Come up. This is what Paul was, this is actually what Paul did. He went to the third heaven. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, 1, he says, I will go on to the visions and revelations from the Lord. This is Apostle Paul. He, he wrote, man, nearly half of the New Testament. I mean, he says, man, I've been to the third, I've been to heaven, and I understand why the people of God, why the church, why Jesus. Let me tell you, he writes all this theology down. He writes all this stuff down. He says, I've seen things. He says in 2 Corinthians 12, 4, I was caught up into paradise in the third heaven and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. He came up and he has this prayer in Ephesians 1, 17. He says, and this is the prayer that we want to answer. This is the prayer that the church needs to answer. Ephesians 1, 17, 2, 19. I'd like to read out 15 to 23, but for the sake of time, I pray that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom, of revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray that the perception of your mind, maybe this might be another version, I pray that the perception, let's read it from there, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Is God calling me? Yes, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, yes, and his incomparable great power, say power, for us who believe. That power is the same as his mighty strength. Now listen, if you go to the book of Hebrews, it talks about two mountains. It talks about the old mountain, Mount Sinai, which is the book of the law. Don't go back to that mountain, by the way. You can't work your salvation out yourself. You just got to go to the other mountain, Mount Zion, and believe in Jesus. He's done it all for you. Amen? You take on his You take on his righteousness, and you go to him. So you got to know your mountains. Amen? <laughs> okay, so the book, so we talked about the book of Hebrews. Let's go to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians is about the supremacy of Christ. The supremacy of Christ. How he rules over the universe. How he rules over the church. How he rules over the earth. How he rules over humanity. Amen? Colossians talks about the supremacy of Christ. What does the book of Ephesians talk about? It talks about this, the body of Christ, the movement of the church, how it is to move and be on this planet. Can I just put up a PowerPoint and explain this in nine points? Woo, we're nearly done. Yeah, I need this. Okay, let's do this. Man, oh man. The believers, these are nine revelations in the book of Ephesians. If you were to understand this, you would understand why the church, why we give our life to it, why we give everything to it. We become a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, we become a living everything. We give it our all. Amen? Now, there's nine revelations in the book of Ephesians. Why the church? Here we go. The believer's position of security in Christ, 
Blessings of full redemption. I've got to read it. I can't bypass that. Ephesians, guys haven't got it. So let's just pull up there. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. You remember I said in the Old Testament, it all depended on you being faithful to God, get what you needed. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, if you, if you are obedient, you will be blessed. Remember in Deuteronomy 28, it says that? If you, if you, it says about 15 if you, if you, if you, if you, it'd be like you're walking through this church and, and we say, well, straight up, we say, you're not going to get blessed unless you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you, can you tick all those boxes and go, well, this is a pretty hard deal being a Christian. No, it's not like that. There's no conditions for this anymore. There's no conditions for your relationship with God. This is not the old covenant. This is not the law. Amen. And it says it like this in Ephesians chapter one, and I'll read it to you. I'll read it to you. It says it like this. Verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every, say every, spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us, you've been chosen in Him before the creation of the world to be holy, blameless in His sight. In love, big statement, underline it, highlight it. He predestined us for the adoption to sonship. You're a child of God. It's true. Through Jesus Christ, He's the one that allows that in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace. It's all about grace. This relationship is all about grace. Say amen. That He lacked your purpose in Christ. What's the good? What's His will? Let's check this out. One. Did we do that? Let's go back to one. Let's go back to one. So a blessings of full redemption, a signed, sealed, delivered. You can't earn that. It's yours. You just got to receive it by faith. Amen. Partnership in God's purposes. He wants you to partner with him for his purposes to redeem mankind. Two, amen. The believer's purpose and destiny. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Yes, open your eyes. Open your heart. Receive wisdom and revelation. Why you need to become fully of a full understanding of a full member of your church. Not just to be here on a half-baked idea. This is a nice thing to do. It's tradition, I guess. No, get a right understanding. The head over, over all things, of course he is. The church, Christ's body. I'd like to tease that out. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, we're the body. Can I have that photo with the, the girl? This is awesome. Oh, why would I put that up there? Because I'm talking about the body. And I'm talking about this scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 6 in the message. says this. I said Romans chapter 12, 4 to 6 in the Message Bible. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Go back to that. Go back to that, that picture, please. Thank you, Jesus. And it says each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole. Whoa, you get your meaning being connected to your brother and sister. You get your meaning as, as a Christian being connected. Connected. Two guys up here, quickly. Connected. Turn around. Lock arms like this. Connected. We're, we're doing. We're connecting. We're, we're, we're moving forward. No, you're not pulling against me. We're going forward. Connected. Great stuff. That's awesome. I appreciate your energy, bud. I appreciate that passion, Andrew. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. Each of us finds our meaning and function as the body, as the part of his body. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Let's just connect as the, the body. 
Submit your gift, I plead with you, I ask of you, and become acquainted to this body. God, God bless you. That's the next point. My time is done. The believer's place of authority. You have authority. By the way, you're dead in trespasses and sins. You're alive and you've been deputized by the courts of Calvary. You may have been alive in Christ. Amen. Next, four, four, running through them. The believers called to unity. Alienated and hopeless you were. You were disenfranchised from humanity. No wonder people can't even connect as a community anymore because they, they just got this spirit, they've got this dysfunction of the flesh that wants to be isolated, doesn't want to be community, doesn't want to love their neighbor. You've got a neighbor that doesn't like you, but you need to love them back. Amen? That's what it's about. It's about unity in the house. We've done extraordinary things because of unity in this house. We got onto this land with 40 people. 40 people? We only had 40 people in this church. Now we've got 300 plus. When in unity, we moved dark clouds of this city. In unity, we raised finances for the Lord. In unity, we worshiped God and heaven broke over this place. In unity. It's very good to understand. Unity. Four, the believers called to unity. Five, the believers re- five, the believers revelation of the mystery, Paul's stewardship of that mystery, and our stewardship of the mystery that we're receiving of why the church. Fellowship of the mystery, the mystery of Christ. People don't understand it. I pray that you understand it. Paul's prayer for the believers is a prayer for your eyes to be open to see that which you're called into. Glory in the church. The glory, man, that we give to God when we become the church. He's well pleased and glory comes out of that. It's the glory of the new covenant. Yes, next, six. The believer's worthy walk and equipping for ministry. How do you walk this walk? How do you minister for God? How do you become the body of Christ? How do you really do this stuff called church? It's about the empowering presence of God. The diligent pursuit of unity will do that. Be rightfully connected. Be a giver. Be in covenant with this church in your giving. When you get that done, you you come into the spirit of the church. You come. Giving is about worship. It's about giving your heart, by the way. It's not about your numerical dollars. It's about your heart. Just like they used to sacrifice in the Old Testament, you know, lamb, blood, and guts, and that. No, no more. But we can still enact that free will offering, that thank, thank offering, amen, and say, God, this is for you. This is my sacrifice to you. I give to you a sacrifice of my praise, of my worship, of my heart, of my time, talent, and treasure. I give it to you, amen. The building of the body of Christ. We talked about seven. You enjoying this? The believer's spirit enable purity. How can you really walk the walk, talk the talk? How can you stop swearing? How can you stop thinking carnal thoughts? How can you stop watching movies that pervert you? How, how, how can you do that? By the empowering presence of God, by the Holy Spirit, be imitators of God, walk as children of God, amen? Now, there's a few commandments in here, but listen, the, the new covenant never starts with a commandment. It starts with Jesus, the Old Testament starts with a commandment, ten commandments. Boom. Love your mother and father. As long as the days are long in the land. Have no idols. Have no one other God beside me. Don't steal. Don't covet. Don't, 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 don't. Ten of them. Big, big ten. Now it starts with Jesus. Became a sacrifice and fulfilled all that, all that that we couldn't accomplish. Don't step into your own self-righteousness, your own faithfulness. If I try, if I fast, like, like if I fast and fast myself away and pray and no, it's about Jesus. Amen. So the first three chapters are all about the blessings of Jesus. 
the fourth, fifth, and sixth chapter of Ephesians, is a, there, there is some do's. And those do's are, husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. I don't know how you go with that. Children, obey your parents. And all of us obey our authorities. Thank you for that prayer this morning, praying for our leaders of our nation. Keep going, keep going. Eight, nearly done. The believer's understanding of the will of God for family and lifestyle. Just talked about that. Redeeming the time. Come to church, get into the presence of God. The Bible says at the end of Daniel, in the last days, Daniel says, through Revelation, because he was a faster in prayer, prayer, he says, I got all this awesome revelation. But then it says at the end of the book of Daniel, it says, and these were rolled up in a scroll. These were rolled up in a scroll, amen? And they're going to be unfurled and be released in the last days. Do you know there is incredible revelation being released? I'm on the internet, like, like last week. I'm downloading God's stuff like, I said, come and just, I was about six hours studying about worship in the Old Testament. And I come out of, the, out of my office and say, Jules, I don't think I'm going to be able to cope it. I just can't take this download. My brain hurts like a warehouse. It's got no room to spare. I just can't believe who we are in God. I can't believe I'm part of this. I can't believe that we're the church. This, all this revelation is starting to happen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. This great mystery. The church is a great mystery. Yes, but with revelation, you'll understand why it's so magnificent. When you get up higher and you can see your wife, see your husband, see your children, see your business. I was talking to a business guy last week and I was giving him an aerial view of his business. He said, you're on the precipice of breaking through to a whole new level. Jobs, contracts are coming in your way. You've sown hard for five years. You will succeed because you are a principal person. You are about to receive the gully raker of blessings and it's incoming. Get ready this year. You're going to do 10 times more than what you've done in previous years. That's what I got with my aerial view because I'm praying and fasting. Amen. People are down here trying to understand in the carnal, on the flats of life, trying to understand why they got married. Why do I marry this person? Look at them, hopeless beggars. Yeah, man, I could have done better than this. Oh, look at my school photos. Look how beautiful I was. Look how handsome I was. Man, I should have done better than this. I know I've let myself go now, but look, come on. But when you come up here, you don't care how your wife looks like that. You're not looking to girly magazines. You don't care how beautiful the thing that that woman is. You just love your wife. You can see her heart when you come up. If we're looking at, oh, I don't like my husband. Look at him. He drags his foot around. He's, oh, look at him. Look at him. He's just, no. But if you get up higher, get out and up and out of that discouragement. Nine, done. The believer's warfare and victory. Guys, can I just give you a disclaimer right now. Who's up for it? Who's up for it? Who wants it? Disclaimer. There's a spiritual battle on the planet. You're involved in a massive war, a spiritual war. We are fully equipped. Bible says in reality of the spiritual warfare, gives us a reality check there in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The armor of God, Ephesians 6, 13 to 17. The way of spiritual warfare 6, 18 to 20, by the way, is putting on Christ. Breastplate of righteousness. Gird your loins with truth. Helmet of salvation. Shoes of the gospel. Shield of faith. Sword of the Lord. Did I leave any out? I hate to go out to battle without one on. 
Watch, what's my rear guard? The glory of God is your rear guard. It says in Psalm, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Don't you love that? It's all covered. You're surrounded. Step into Christ. Assume your authority, your identity in Christ. Receive the blessing of Christ upon your life and you will be protected. You will protect your wife. I'm talking to husbands now. You need to step into that spiritual authority of who you are in Christ and not amble in here like, oh, I just have to do this, I guess, for the kids' sake, for my wife's sake, uh, for Pastor Phil's sake. Just come in. No, I want you to come in here like a warrior. I want you to come in person. I want that man of God to come up higher and see your family, see your wife, see your finances, see who you are in Christ. See the church, the magnificence of what church is. Which, by the way, for 16 and a half years or 18 and a half years, we have fully subscribed to all that. That's the reality that we subscribe to. And you know what? I'll tell the podcast listeners, I'll tell that podcast listener in Barcelona, Italy, France, because we've got people all over the world listening to our podcast. And I will tell you straight, whoever you are, we are not going to dumb this church down and become a seeker-sensitive, tippy-toeing church. Don't talk in tongues. Don't lay hands on people in case they, you know, whatever, manifest or fall over. I'm not interested in that. I want the power of the living God. I want the power of the Spirit to raise your body up to be the body of Christ, to raise you up to be a part of the body of Christ, which would be a miracle in Jesus' name. And you know what the Bible says, which I believe is the truth? We will displace the tide. I said like the water tide, the tide of darkness that is lapping up on the shore of this precious nation. We will dispel that. Every dark cloud will go. We will stand up and this church will arise like the mountain of the Lord. And people say, let's go to that mountain. Forget that fame mountain. Forget, forget the Jay-Z mountain and the Boyan's mountain or whatever mountain is out there. Forget all those sports mountains and, and, and materialistic mountains and forget about those new age mountains. Let's go to the mountain of the Lord. Let's go to Zion. Let's be people of Zion. Let's get the heart of Zion on the inside of us. Don't go to the other mountain. Don't go to Mount Sinai and come under the Lord. Try and work your salvation out like that. Come under and receive the free will of the righteousness of Christ. Am I preaching all right this morning? Am I preaching some truth? This could be the greatest message I've ever preached in this church. I'm seeing people come alive. Oh my God, I'm involved in the, the greatest, most magnificent plan that God has ever had for mankind. Jesus and the church. God incarnating His Son Jesus through you and me. Are you ready to lay down your flesh? Are you ready to lay down all your priorities that you think are so important? My house needs painting. My garden needs weeding. My kitchen needs renovating. But God is my high priority. My money needs this. My money needs that. My money ne- But I give to Him. Romans chapter 12. A living sacrifice. He owns everything. Not just the tithe. Not just some of my worship. Not just some of my life. Stand up, come on, come on, stand up, stand up. I've done, I've done, I had to get that out, sorry. I've overshot the runway in time. But Father God, right now, we lift up holy hands. Holy Spirit, give us revelation of what the church is. Understand, I know there's been a misappropriation of the power of God to the body of Christ. I say there's been a misappropriation because we've worked out over the decades there is power 
And yes, there's people been doing crazy stuff in the church. And yes, there's people that are throwing the power of God out of the church in these last days. But the Bible says in these last days, there will be a people that have a form of godliness denying the power they're in. Say power. I never, come on guys. Do you want a new car with no motor? All right, let's do it another way. Do you want a mix master ladies with, what's what's one of those $2,000, does everything. Thermomix, do you want a thermomix with no motor in it? Who wants a thermomix ladies with no motor in it? Motor costs as much as there. No, you want power. You want power. Say power. There is power available to be the church. No, no, but I, I've got a lot on. I'm busy. I, 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 look, look, I'll just hang around the fringes. I'll just hang around on the outskirts. I, I, but, but. Guys, you're not going to cope. You're not going to cope keeping up with this world. You'll be like a, like a wee, weasel in a wheel. Got to drop the kids off. Got to drop the kids off. Got to make the meals. Got to go to work. Got to get on the train. I know some of you tremendously under pressure. I don't belittle, belittle that. I commend you, but don't let God go. Come up the mountain. Worship Him on a Sunday. Get to this house and worship Him. I know you're busy at work. I know you're busy. I know you're busy, but worship God, my friend. Worship Him on that Sabbath, that day of rest. Worship Him. Don't let God go. I'm I'm a busy housewife. Don't let God go. I'm a busy businessman. Don't let God go. I'm hurt. I'm, I'm down. Don't let God go. Let's worship God. There's power in the name of Jesus. Let's worship We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.